You are listening to a podcast from Classic City Church. We're glad you've joined us. Our services are held at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 595 Prince Avenue in the Piedmont Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.classiccity.org. This is a sermon from Pastor Lee Mason. If you have a Bible with you, Turn to Psalm 84, Psalm chapter 84. We uh, A couple of things I want to say just before we get into the message. If you go to our church Facebook page, you're going to find a uh, letter there, an open letter from one of our elders, Alan Goddard. Alan is the director of Crew, Campus Crusade, formerly Campus Crusade, here at the University of Georgia, been a part of our church for years. He and his wife, Karen, are a tremendous couple. And this, about a year ago, his wife, Karen, uh, had leukemia and went into um, the hospital. And actually, they've been quarantining themselves for almost the past year. And he writes a really neat letter about that, about that experience, and about how to do that and grow spiritually through that. So I want to encourage you to go to the Facebook page and read that, and you'll be encouraged. Also, let me give you a little bit of a, just a quick idea of what our calendar is going to be for the next uh, several weeks. Um, Next week, we're going to be having Sunday, which will be Palm Sunday, and then after that, Easter. We're going to do what we typically do every year, is that Palm Sunday message is a message dedicated to the cross and remembering the Passion Week and what Christ went through. So we're going to do that. We're going to do Easter uh, Sunday. We're going to you know, have a, an Easter service here. I think it's unlikely we'll be meeting as a church congregation. If we do, that'd be awesome. But we'll, we'll be planning on doing that. And then after that, for the next four weeks, we're going to just finish the Philippian series. Whether we're live in our church or whether we're doing this by mic, we're going to pick up back where we were uh, before spring break and all this uh, with the coronavirus hit. So we'll, we're going to just play it by ear. We're going to basically listen to our authorities who uh, know these things. Our government knows what's going on. We trust our government and we're going to, um, uh, you know, just do what they say. So we're, we're going to be, and we'll play it by ear and we'll keep you informed of what's going on. So anyway, Psalm 84, if you got that with you, let's read this together. This again is like last week, we looked at Psalm 130. This is an ascension Psalm. This is a Psalm that was read before uh, the worshipers of Israel would come together and, and have corporate worship together. So it's a really cool psalm to prepare our hearts to meet with God and to gather together. Uh, psalm 84, let me read it to you. Verse 1 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. 
I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to, than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Now this is a Again, an ascension psalm, much like what we read last week from Psalm 130. It's a psalm read by a worshiper to prepare them to go and worship. And last week we talked about a, something that needs to happen in our life regularly for our spiritual lives to be vibrant and to exist and to continue to grow. And that is that we need as human beings to recalibrate. You see, our natural state, your natural state, my natural state, is to descend spiritually into a place of discombobulation. When you're discombobulated, what happens is big things become little, and little things become big. Temporal things become ultimate. Eternal things become superficial. And this is the natural state we go through. And, and it will affect every one of us as sure as you're human unless we take the time and make a place for consistent recalibration spiritually. You know, there's a really an interesting story uh, you can read about in Luke chapter 10. And it's, it's one I think that connects with every one of us. It's a story of two sisters. One is Martha, one is Mary. Martha was the oldest. She kind of ran the household and she one day invited Jesus and the disciples over her to her house for a dinner and she worked very hard and she made a meal and she was preparing it and she was getting everything ready and setting the table. And while she was doing all this work, her sister Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach the Bible with the other disciples. And Martha got so frustrated after a while, she said, she came in and went to Jesus and said, Lord, he asked, she literally says, these are the words. She says, Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care that I'm doing all this work, that I'm putting all this into it? I'm doing all this work. I'm doing this. I'm having to make the bed and I'm having to cook and I'm doing all this and doing that. Don't you care? And Jesus' response to her wasn't quite as frank as what I'm about to say, but what he literally said to her is, no, not really. I really don't care. I don't care that the dishes aren't washed right away. I don't care that everything's not put in its place. I don't care that there's some dust on the shelves. What I really care about is that you would be like your lazy little sister here who is listening to me teach the word, being at my feet, and teaching the word. And he goes, you know, really what's, what's going on in her life will never get done, will never be taken away from her. These dishes, their dishes are going to get dirty. They're going to get out of place. There's other meals that are going to have to be prepared. The opportunity to be with me, to hear my word, is priceless. And once she's done, it won't be taken from her. And that's something we need to, you know, kind of be reminded of in our own lives. In the Old Testament, we talked about this last week, there was one of the commandments was to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. That meant in Israel, there was a day, one day a week, that was a sacred day. It was understood on that day, you stop work. Because ultimately, if God's not working, your work doesn't matter. You stop work. You cease. You rest. You take time to worship. You take time to be with the Lord. You take time to recalibrate yourself. Jesus once taught in John 15 to his disciples, if you remain in me, you dwell with me, 
and my word remains in you or dwells in you, then he said, you'll, you'll do great. <laughs> you ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. You'll bear fruit. You'll be what I want you to be. And then he said, if you don't do that, you're going to dry up, wither up, and die. And so the need to recalibrate, the need for you and I to avoid being discombobulated people that make big things little and make little things big, that make temporal things ultimate and make eternal things superficial, the only way you and I can, can escape doing that, escape a spiritual state of discombobulation, is to be with Him, to be in His Word, to set aside sacred time and sacred space to be with Him. And regardless of what you're going through, I know people in our churches have been in touch with everybody in our church. Some are bored out of their minds. And you that are just inactive and bored out of your minds, I encourage you uh, not to waste these moments on Netflix and reruns, but to spend time with God and get in His Word and, and get fueled up spiritually. Some of you are going through utter uh, turmoil. Uh, I know in the financial sector, there's a lot of people that are going through very, very challenging times. Um, I encourage you to, to understand this. There is, if you're not the ultimate worker, God's the ultimate worker. God's the ultimate doer, and you need desperately to recalibrate yourself around who He is and what He can do, and to have the peace and the strength and the courage and the faith to go forward in, in the midst of the challenges you're, you're going through. And this psalm, Psalm 84, is you know, covers some of that. It talks about some of that. It's written, basically, it has kind of four sections and four movements. I want to look at it in light of these four sections and, and these four movements, and just kind of hear what God's saying to us through this psalm. Um, again, in verse 1, he talks about how lovely the dwelling place of God is. Verse 2, his soul yearns and longs, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Uh, and and he's, he, what he's doing there, it's, it's really interesting. He's using romantic language. This is the same language you would read in the Song of Solomon, of a, of a guy who is in love. And he wants to be with his lover. He wants to be with his friend. He wants to be with his spouse. He's, he's just saying, gosh, I have longed for God. I am like fainting with longing to be with the Lord. And then as he goes on here, he, he talks about even in verse 3, in verse 4, how a, a sparrow. And he remembers when he used to journey to Jerusalem back in the day, and he could go. He remembered what, at, at that trip that there was a sparrow and there was uh he saw a swallow that were made nest in the temple and he's going man i wish i were that bird that are close to you i wish i was like that swallow i would give up being a human to be a bird that could just be close to the lord and close to god and and this is what he's going through and then in verse four he he talks about how blessed are those who dwell in your house and you know that's true today Blessed are those who dwell in the presence of God. Blessed are they. Something powerful and extraordinary happens when you and I dwell in the presence of God. And I want to encourage you to take time, make sacred space, take an hour to pray and read the Bible and dwell in the presence of God during these times. And this is what he's, he's talking about. Let's go on here and look at verse 5. He says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you who set their heart on pilgrimage. That simply means those who set their mind to be with the Lord, to journey to be where God is. That's what you and I need to do every day. Set aside time 
and space to pilgrimage, to be with God and to dwell with him. In verse 6, he talks about how they passed through the valley of Baca. The valley of Baca literally means the, the valley of sorrow, means the valley of anguish. And he's saying, you know, part of the journey he remembers in his own life when he went to Jerusalem to worship, there was a valley called Baca. And it was a very dry place and a very difficult place to pass. It's probably a, a you know, thirsting and, and a grueling part of the, the trip. And he goes, you know, I remember passing through the Valley of Baca and going to Jerusalem and going to worship and how difficult it was to go through the anguish and the turmoil of that geography, of that section of the trip. And you're hot and you're thirsty. And, and he says this in there. He says, when your strength is in the Lord and you're blessed because of that, what happens when you go through those tough times? You go from strength to strength. You go from strength to strength. When we're dwelling in the presence of God, we're going from strength to strength when we go through times of anguish and turmoil. You know, this week I was kind of reflecting back on our journey as a church. And I have a diary, um, a journal I used to write in, particularly when, I would, when I'd go through tough things and difficult things and when things were really tough. One of those journal entries was in May, early May of 2012. Our church was in its fifth year. And what I did, I went and did a, uh, I got a uh, balance from our ATM machine of our church. And on May 4th of 2012, that balance was $1,587. I went four days later, and that balance was in the hole $1,300, $1,306. We literally had a negative balance five years into this church. And we had a lot of people coming to our church. We had a lot going on. And I, I, I remember feeling hopeless. I remember writing journal entries. I wanted to keep that receipt. And I wanted to write down what I felt like in that moment. What it was like to, 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 have, to go through that experience. And, and I remember writing, I, I wanted to keep that because I knew there was going to be a day when this would not be the case. There would be a day when things were going to be different. And, and, and I, I can tell you having gone through this, and it was a long, grueling process, that when you dwell in the courts of the Lord, in times of anguish, in times of sorrow, in times of real tough times, you will go from strength to strength. And you keep those receipts and you keep those bad news to remind you that God was faithful and his power and his presence in you is more than enough. And this is what this worshiper is remembering. His own journey and his own time. And he says, you know, when you, what this will be, the tough times in your life, that receipt I got from that ATM machine, it is literally like a shower today. It's like a water shower because we're not finished going through tough times. But I can remember a difficult time and a tough time in my past, and I can go, God was faithful. We got through this, and we're going from strength to strength. We're going ever forward. And the battles you're going through will not last forever, but the strength you gain by fighting and enduring and that comes from, from you dwelling in the presence of God and being empowered and strengthened by those moments will last forever. And this is his experience. Let's, let's continue reading here. In verse 8 and verse 9, he says, Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. And again, this is him asking God particularly to give grace and favor to their king, the anointed one, the one who, he, who God had put 
in an office in a place of power at that time. I want to encourage every one of you to be praying for our president. That's what we're supposed to do. We pray for him. We thank God for him. And we pray that he'll be wise and he'll lead well and he'll, he'll be the shield and the sun uh, over our nation. Continue to do that. Um, verse 10, he says, It's better as one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. He kind of makes two comparisons and contrast. He says, you know, I'd rather have one day in God's presence than a thousand doing something else. What a powerful statement of the value of spending time in the presence of God. One day with him, one day in his presence is better than a thousand doing something else. A thousand working, a thousand recreating, a thousand watching sports or movies or being entertained. One day in the presence of God is better than a thousand days of pursuing any other option there is. And then he goes on and he goes, you know, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Back in those days, and you may have seen old movies that depict the ancient Near East, and what they would do is if you were a wealthy guy, you had big tents. You had big tents and you'd pile pillows on them, and into your private tents are where all your partying happened. It's where harems were uh, kept. And so it was a place of debauchery and sin and, and hedonism. And this writer is going, you know what? I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be outside the door looking in to where God is than spend my life dwelling in that kind of nonsense. And, and a lot of times we don't see through the... the uh, you know, when we're discombobulated, we think sin's fascinating. And this guy's not doing that. He is seeing through, uh, you know, and seeing the wonder and the, the beauty of God in this. And then um, he goes on and he, he ends by saying, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Now, let me close with this thought. There's three blesseds that are in that passage. Number one is blessed is the one who dwells in the house of the Lord. Number two, blessed is the one whose strength is in the Lord. And the third thing he closes with is, blessed is the one who trusts in him. And I want to encourage you to recalibrate your life around those profound, powerful truths. Blessed are you if you dwell in the house of the Lord. Blessed are you when God is your strength. And blessed are you when you trust, when you rest in the Lord. Encourage you again, recalibrate your life around him and who he is. Psalm 23, the psalmist said, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord restores my soul. And I pray this that regardless of what you're going through, whether it's boredom or anxiety or complete, utter financial stress, spend time with him. Blessed is he who dwells in the house of the Lord. He will restore your soul He'll recalibrate you, and you will go through this from strength to strength. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this psalm, its beauty. We thank you the Holy Spirit inspired it, that there was a man who had gone from the journey from his home to Jerusalem several times on pilgrimages and to Sabbath, and he's remembering those times. He's remembering what it's like. And even though he can't go there himself, he is 
cherishing the memory and the thought of your presence in his life. And I pray we would do that, though we can't go to church physically today as we're used to doing, that in our homes, in our lives, we would cherish dwelling with you. We would cherish being able to be in your presence. As we're going through the valleys of Baca, the valleys of anguish and of struggle, we would go from strength to strength. And we would be blessed as a one who's trust in you. Give us a deep longing for your presence and for your voice and to be intimate with you. And we pray you do wonderful things in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Classic City Church. We hope that together we can honor the greatness of Jesus by growing spiritually, living authentically, and participating in his purposes. For more information or more sermons from Classic City Church, please visit www.classiccity.org.